following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. We continue this morning with our readings, which come to us from the book of Philippians and the book of John. So from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. From the book of John, chapter 14, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, Thanks for joining us this morning. I have looked, we've got some great folks already joining us online. As we roll into the sermon, this is a great time to fill out that Connect card that you can find uh, online, narrative.church slash live, and there's Sunday Connect. If you're here, if you're online, let us know you're here. Uh, it's been a huge blessing to me. There's a spot there um, for prayer cards, and uh, it, I start my Mondays praying over those, and it's been a huge blessing just to be praying for all of you throughout the week. So if you want to fill that out, let us know you're here so we can stay in contact, especially on a rainy Sunday when uh, pastor gives you permission on Saturday night to join the live stream online in case of rain. So if those of you who are online, please let us know you're there so we can stay connected through all of this. And in fact, those who are online, I'm going to ask you to join in with us uh, here in a second because today we're talking about peace and peace that passes understanding. So I want you to take just one minute with the people with you right here, or if you're online, put it in the chat bar. I'm going to pull out my phone. I'm going to look at the chat. What is one subject? It could be in school, it could be in your job, it could just be in life. What is one subject that when you have approached it, you go, this is past my understanding? What is that one thing that maybe it was you know, high school, college, uh, maybe it was something you encountered as an adult or, or as a kid, just something that you said, I got to the wall and it is just past my understanding. So let's take one minute, Drop that in the chat, share it here, and we'll come back together in one minute.
All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and bring it back together. I'm laughing because we, we got some good answers in the chat. Um, for me, uh, I have one that for sure is mine. I heard science out here. Someone said science. Yeah, Jimmy, I, I'm with you. I feel it. Anybody else? A, a subject past your understanding. Algebra. Letters and numbers. Letter, letters and numbers. Chris is like, I'm out. I just give me straight numbers or straight letters. Don't put them together. So uh, we've got some great things. Um, algebra 2 uh, is in here. Um, Emily Maslink says, uh, chemistry two in college makes total sense. Uh, Andrew Rentschler joining us online says, mosquitoes, fair, fair. That's one of those pearly gates questions that 100% mosquitoes were like a perfect bug and then after the fall, just the worst, right? Uh, Briley Mathis says physics, um, but I think uh, Jonathan Maslink, girls, um, <laughs> I can say that in, in high school, that was, I was very bad at that subject, mainly because I didn't understand myself. But for me, the one that, that jumps out past understanding was calculus my senior year. I thought I, was, I thought I was pretty good at math, right? I was making it through. I was, man, I was gonna get into calculus and I thank the Lord. I followed my sister who is brilliant. Um, my sister went to a Concordia, and then went to Yale Med. She is just so smart. And so I was always following in her footsteps, and she took calculus, and I thought, here we go, I'm gonna make it. But I was really glad that I signed up for um, dual credit through our local community college. Because you could take AP, but that meant you had to take a test at the end. But I was like, you know what, I'll pay the 70 bucks, I'll do dual credit, which was great, because the AP test you have to pass a test. For me, I just have to get a C. Like, that was great. Matt's pumping his fist in the back. But because for me, what happened, both where my head was at and the, combined with the teacher I had, who it was a, a dual credit AP combined class. So she was often teaching to the AP students who were gonna be, um, you know, a, a lot of my friends who were in that class ended up being some form of engineer. And so they just locked into it. But I'll tell you what, if I did not scrape and claw to get the 72 and get a C in that class, because, and honestly, to this day, I don't know how I got that. Because what would happen is I would try and do my homework. I wouldn't understand any of it. I would somehow get there. The problem is you have to show your work and I would get the right answer no idea how I got there. I would try to do it, try to do it. And what was a huge blessing, and I actually saw one of these guys yesterday at a baby shower, was my buddy Rylan and another friend Chris, literally the days of the test before school, would sit down and teach me the bare minimum to pass the test. It was just, like, I can still tell you that, like, sine and cosine had something to do with calculus. But at this point, like I'm well past like going, I'm gonna store this in here. But that was the subject that for me, I've gone on and taken a lot of hard classes. You know, I've taken, I've learned ancient Greek, ancient Hebrew. Um, I've mastered is not gonna be a word we'll use with that. But neither of those were as hard to me as calculus. It was just that thing that no matter how hard I tried, it was past 
my understanding. I just, it infuriated me that I felt like it was at my fingertips and a thousand miles away all at the same time. It just felt so strange. And as we talk today about peace, I want us to think about the idea of past and pass. That something that is past our understanding it is just something that we can almost grip and hold, right? But again, it feels so far away. And it, it, sometimes it makes us feel foolish. Have you ever been in that position where that thing you don't understand just makes you feel dumb? But today as we talk about peace, as we build on what we talked about last week, was that our foundation of peace is what Jesus has done for us, that our identity in who he is gives us peace, that fear and anxiety and the world and the enemy and all these things are trying to take our peace. But foundationally, we find ourselves rooted in our identity in Christ. And what I want us to think about when we think about peace is it's not something that we just talk about as a theological idea, but is something that exists in the real world for us. And to me, it brought back, as I was studying for this sermon series and thinking about it, um, there's an old Lutheran blessing uh, that would be used at the end of sermons, at the end of services, uh, in different places. And it's, may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's taken straight from Scripture. But to me, growing up, that idea of a peace that passes understanding, I didn't, surprisingly, I didn't get it, right? A peace that passes understanding, it didn't quite click. But for me, it was because I was thinking of a peace that was past understanding. That it was something that I just didn't do enough to understand. That I thought people who had this peace, they just knew more than me. They just understood more than me. They just had a little bit more, you know, faith. Do you have those people in your life that you look at and say, someday on my deathbed, I hope to be half the Christian they are. There are people in my life that I look at and go, one day, I will love my enemies the way that person does, but like once. They do it every day, but I'm hoping, Lord, you know, I, as Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I look at that saint and say, oh, I want to I do it like they do it. And to me, for a long time, that was peace passing understanding. That it was this thing that someday it might finally, I might do enough to gain it. But the difference between past understanding and a piece that passes understanding is that that piece is a gift that we don't have to have knowledge for. We don't have to do more to attain this piece. We don't have to pray an extra 20 minutes to have it. We don't have to do anything. It is a gift that is right there for us. A peace that passes understanding. 
And as we read our scripture today, I think we get a battle plan in how we experience that peace. So in Philippians, this is what Paul writes to the church in Philippi. There in, if you want to pull it up on the worship order, if you've got um, your, uh, your Bible app out, it's Philippians 4, starting in verse 4. And he starts with this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. When we experience that peace that passes understanding, that isn't something, some secret knowledge that is out there, but is instead a gift of peace given to us. Part of it is we are rejoicing in the Lord. We're rejoicing in what He has done for us and through us. In Revelation, um, as John writes and, and talks about how do we do battle with the enemy? How do we fight the devil? And I've seen a lot of different kinds of how do we talk about spiritual warfare? How do we do it? He just lays out this beautiful picture. He says they, he's talking about the saints, overcame him, the enemy, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not shrink even unto death. You see, so often I think we want this peace that passes understanding. And if the start is rejoicing in the Lord, we go, well, how do I do that? Do I sing a little louder at worship? Yes, do that. Listen, like this morning, this could have been a church of 150 people. Like I was like, man, people are singing this morning. People at home, I'm just assuming you were singing loud at your TV. Don't tell me differently. I'm going to live in my assumption. But when we look at it and we say, what is this testimony? What is this joy? It's sharing what God is doing in our lives. It's slowing down and saying, nothing is a coincidence. Instead, the Lord is at work wherever we go. And it's slowing down and learning to look at our lives and say, what is Jesus doing in my life? Where has he encountered my sinful self and given me forgiveness? Where has he blessed me and let me find that joy of what he's doing? And when we share those stories, that is how we rejoice in the Lord. It's not only singing praises. It's not only declaring, you know, the Lord is good. It's saying, the Lord is good and let me tell you how. For me, it was simple. Last night, Chelsea was getting ready for bed and the dog needed to go to the bathroom. And our dog, love our dog. If he does not go outside at 10 o'clock and decide, let's start the neighborhood bark. And I'm like, bro, we got neighbors. You gotta chill, just go to the bathroom, come back inside. But I, so I took him out, I put him on the leash in our backyard. I probably looked like an insane person, right? I'm walking the dog in our backyard. Well, he's not going, he's not going. So finally I go, okay, I'm gonna take you off the leash. Go to the, like, I'm, you know, we're having a conversation, me and him, right? So I let him off. He goes to the bathroom and immediately comes back to me. I hook him up, take him inside, take his harness and stuff off. We go upstairs. Chelsea's still getting ready. 
and he just wants me to pet him. Like, that's it. He's just sitting there like, hey, like, I'm here, you're here, like, why not? And then like 10 minutes of me just hanging out petting the dog, which seems like so minuscule and so like foolish. But in that moment, I was like, Lord, you use and bless me with foolish things. That here is this goofy dog. And here I am feeling the blessing of your creation sitting on the edge of my bed, petting my dog. That it can be that simple that we look and say, the Lord has blessed me in the simple things. We can look and say, the Lord has blessed me in the extreme things, in housing, in finances, in family, and the list goes on and on and on. So rejoicing in the Lord is looking at our story and seeing what God has done in it and sharing that with people. Looking at people and saying, you know how the Lord blessed me last night? My dog. That I just thought this is a simple joy and he gave that to me. How incredible that God made dogs. What a brilliant idea. That guy should run the universe. Now let's see what Paul says next here in Philippians 4. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we tell the story of how God's at work, but then we take our anxiety, our fear, our frustration, in prayer, everything in prayer. The foolish things, the monumental things, everything we take to the Lord in prayer. The other day I was just, I was feeling, I was like, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of my work day. I kind of like, I've lost my place. What do I need to do next? I'm like, well, I guess, you know, prayer's not bad. I'm the pastor. Like, and that goes through, I guess prayer's not bad. But I just stopped for 20 minutes in the middle of my day and was like, Lord, I'm just going to pray whatever comes into my head. Because guys, if I am not the person that like structured prayer, not going to work for me. So listen, pretty much all of y'all got prayed for. There wasn't an order to it, but I just kind of bounced around pulled out my phone, kind of scrolled through our narrative contact list, and I just prayed. And if that didn't slow my heart down, as I looked at the big things I'm praying for our church, the big things I'm praying for our family, the big things I'm praying for our culture and our world, that those things just kind of were weighing heavily on me. But I stopped and I was like, Lord, I just want to pray for everything. I want to pray for the people of Narrative Church. I want to pray for my neighbors. I want to, and it was like, and I'm not, this is like, you know, you do a bicep curl, right? To build up your bicep. For me, prayer is one of those things that I have to do, the small workouts, the like, I got to build into it. But if I didn't come out on the other side of that going, Lord, I don't know any more answers than I knew 10 minutes ago. I don't know any more answers than the things that were weighing me down and kind of slowing me down from staying focused on work. But if you didn't take that prayer time and bless it,
And so what we do first is we rejoice in the Lord. We, we vocally rejoice in him, but we share our stories of what he's doing. And then we pray. And prayer does not have to be some big step process. If you say, you don't understand, I'm not good at prayer. Welcome to the club. You know what I found? Start at two minutes. Just say, Lord, I'm going to pray for two minutes and see what you do. Now keep doing it. Don't just be like, I'm going to pray for two minutes this month and I'm done. But just start small and watch how the Lord is going to work in your life. And then Paul will continue and say, and the peace that passes understanding. So there in Philippians 4, he says this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how does that work? Today in the church calendar is the day we celebrate Pentecost. The day when the Holy Spirit fell like tongues of fire on the church. Today in John 14, we read how Jesus says, I will send my helper, the Holy Spirit. How do we have peace? The Spirit is at work within us. As we rejoice, as we pray, He brings us back to Him. The greatest peace we can lose is our assurance of salvation. That is the thing the enemy is trying to take from us at all times. And I love, there's a Martin Luther quote, I'm going to butcher it, but oh well, where basically he says, the person who starts asking, could I possibly believe, is the person who has the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. That the Spirit is going to be our helper as we pray, as we rejoice, as we move that he's going to call us to more and there will be a peace that passes understanding. Not that is past our understanding, that we just can't get it. And maybe if we just tried a little harder or studied a little bit more, but instead it is a peace that we just cannot understand that we have, but we don't understand how. And the way we continue to see that peace, because you've always got it. But the way you return to it is rejoicing in the Lord, sharing his story with those around you, encouraging the body through sharing your stories. It's going to the Lord in prayer. There will always be things that will bring fear, anxiety, guilt. Those things in and of themselves are not necessarily evil. Instead, they're warning signs that point us back to the Lord, that if we dive into them, if we live in fear, if we live in anxiety, if we live in guilt and shame, that's when it becomes bad. But we're all going to experience those things. The question is, are we going to try and find and create our own peace? Are we going to return to the peace that passes understanding? All you have to do is tell more stories of how God's at work in your life. Even if it's just to one person, start there. 
pray more, not because it's going to make you a spiritual superhero, but to say, Lord, you give me peace. You say, I will have peace when I bring all my prayers to you. So two challenges this week as we go out. One, find one story three days this week. Three times this week, when you encounter something, slow down and say, look at how the Lord has blessed me. Look at what he's doing in my life. And remember, if you think, well, that's a silly story. I shared how God blessed me by petting my dog. All right, so like the bar is low. But I encourage you, find those things. And listen, I'd use that too as a way we know right now we're figuring out how to get back together. Uh, as a culture, as, as everything, but especially as Narrative Church, how do we come back together after this year of insanity? I'd encourage you to find someone at church and don't everyone choose like me or Matt, who you all like know and we're up front. Like, I mean, I want to hear them. I'm jealous for your stories. So like copy me in the email, but like find someone at church that you can share a story of what God's doing in your life this week. Post it on the Narrative Facebook page and say, wow, look at what God did this week. Three times, three stories, God at work. Because that's how we fight the enemy. That's how we grow. That's how we start moving towards peace. And then I'd encourage you, pick three days this week and spend at least two minutes in prayer. All things bring to the Lord. Watch the peace that he brings you when you're in prayer. Speaking of which, let's pray right now. Lord, you promise us a peace that passes our understanding. A peace that we cannot fully grasp, not because the knowledge is there, but because you are God and so it is unknown. We want that peace to be past our understanding, to surpass our understanding because then we know it's from you. Lord, teach us to see your story in the world. Teach us to see your story in our lives. Lord, teach us to pray. We have access to this peace. It is always with us, but sometimes our eyes are diverted and we forget. So let us use the joy of who you are and the gift of prayer to return to that peace over and over again. Amen.